today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Tech Talk. Adam Oldfield, the CEO and president of uh, FPM and FPM3 Marketing and Vacuum Man, who sponsored this program, is back with us once again. I uh, hope you had a great Canada Day, Adam. I, I did, Bill. Actually, it was very nice. Michelle and I just kind of took it easy. It wasn't as uh, celebratory as it has been in the past, and we just kind of uh, we kind of reflected a little bit, as uh, as we all yeah. know what's been going on. So we took uh, we just took some time, just the two of us. We didn't do much other than just spend it together, and uh, uh, but it was nice until the rain came down, and and then we just said, okay, well, I guess that's pretty much ends our uh, our reflection <laughs> outside. So um, anyway, it was it was really nice. Thank you. Good. Good. Uh, I want to get right into this because we've got a lot of ground to cover on this. Uh, Amazon is in the news a lot these days, a lot of the time for the wrong reasons. Uh, they have used uh, AI. I guess uh, AI is the new HR. Is that the, the, the phrase we're going to use? <laughs> That's pretty much what it's coming down to. Many, many people are getting fired, not by the HR department, not because they had their uh, reviews. Um, in the old days, you would make a mistake and someone would come down and say, we need to see you in our office. We need to discuss your performance. Uh, we're going to go over a few things you need to improve of course that was many many years ago bill um now the new way of doing things to be more efficient and cutting edge amazon directly um particularly even with alexa for that matter has algorithms and those algorithms because everything is automated is now monitoring job performance so in this case people and op and staff are, are being released and let go uh, of course with a letter and with compensation um, that dis that outlines clearly that their performance was impacted because they did not do the following. So this is uh, uh, removed a lot of the HR department element and it's to streamline the processes of how people and and this isn't just employees this is contractors so uh the algorithm literally will look at your performance and how are they doing that for example say you're late um say you deliver in this case in amazon you deliver a package late um but the same uh, software is being utilized by walmarts and targets and all the major operations are using this information to now streamline their hr so you might not be necessarily fired by an individual or your boss. You could just be getting a letter and a performance review, if not a dismissal letter. Um, and by the way, it automatically also goes to your lawyer. If you give that information when you sign up, um, automatically you get a raise or you get fired all by artificial intelligence. Jeff Bezos knows how to win friends, doesn't he? Uh, <laughs> employee of the month. Anyway, uh, hack of the week this week. Well, Link LinkedIn wins the hack of the week, and LinkedIn has been hacked in the past. However, this one is not as extreme in regards to what was hacked, but necessarily how many were hacked. So over 92% of the entire database of LinkedIn is now on the dark web. Now, this might sound concerning if you utilize LinkedIn as your primary communication uh, uh, online. However, the information kind of made me I, I mean i chuckled at certain things and i don't know many people might not find that funny that i kind of laughed at myself but um the information that was passed was not information that you might look at and say well that's not really that 
important because passwords were not impacted. So that I feel is kind of important. But what they shared on the dark web was first name, last name, positions of, of uh, your your job, uh, expected earnings, not what you earn, but expected earnings. So when I kind of was looking through all the, and I looked online because I like to source through this, I looked at it and thought, well, that stuff's available on LinkedIn. So it's not like they're giving out anything. All it is is it's in a spreadsheet. So um, there's over 450 million names in a spreadsheet on the dark web is pretty much what it's coming down to. So it is hack of the week, Bill, but it's sort of a bit of a, a, a not really a hack because it's more or less it's everything you could have got if you just went on to LinkedIn yourself. You mentioned the note you gave me here. You mentioned the Concord. I remember the Concord. I didn't fly on it, but I remember back in the early 80s, it was the thing. I was uh, working at Toronto Radio Station at the time, and, of course, we all used to broadcast from the CNE in the last weekend, and uh, I was there on a Saturday afternoon, and it was part of the air show. And it came yes. over, and I thought it was going to land on me. I mean, this thing was huge. I think uh, it, it's like that scene in uh, you know in Independence Day with all the spaceships come in and they just block the sun out. I mean, this it was the thing. <laughs> It was just it was. very, very impressive. Now, son of son of Concord, right? <laughs> that's that's right. Well, and and what's interesting is is I I love air flight. I've always been aviation passionate, hence the drone and otherwise. Yeah. But this one's really impactful for two reasons. Number one is as you mentioned, the Concorde was was a supersonic jet, and and it was well known for breaking the sound barrier. In fact, it got up to almost mock. Two, uh, which is two times the sound barrier. And and if uh, just to give a little explanation, if you don't know why the Concorde uh, was was out, there was many reasons. But one of the other ones was it was only able to fly over the ocean, if you remember. And that mm -hmm. was because every time it broke mock, um, it, it had it would more or less create such a sound problem, windows would break, and uh, it was so loud, even though it was probably what forty thousand, sixty thousand feet in the air. So um, now taking that level to where we in the year 2022 and up to 2030 there's a new hypersonic plane because sub supersonic was so old school no, now yeah. they are hypersonic plane and that means what's hypersonic means that it goes 14,000 kilometers per hour that's 14 times the, uh, uh, breaking the sound barrier so um what uh, and what does that mean what it means is that it can fly anywhere in the world in under an hour so get out of here in really? one hour yes that's what that well 14 i mean that's breaking fourteen thousand kilometers per hour you, you'd be going uh like the the earth spins at i think at 12 or 1300 kilometers per hour so you're moving at 14 times the speed of the earth spinning so um of course it flies much higher it's obviously it's breaking in the hemisphere up above and so we could and, and from a point of takeoff it takes less than uh 15 minutes to get into the hemisphere and then it would take an hour to fly any like to the opposite side of the world and and obviously probably takes longer to land but um that's what they're claiming and this is like Jeez. you know a 24 23 hour flight can now be one hour they're gonna make the in-flight movie obsolete what what can, <laughs> what can you watch in an hour well it's gonna be a short they've only they're only yeah. offering netflix movie clips which is big bang <laughs> theory which i think it's only gonna be 15 minute highlights i think and this, by the way, is not just conceptual. I mean, they're doing this, and they expect to be in the air by 2030. 
That's right. What's interesting is, yeah, that's right. By the year 2030, we're talking probably less than a decade. It's already in the process. They've proven it can happen. Now they're developing. Um, they're actually working on the material to be able to handle, A, the height of very much like spacecraft, uh, but the heat. I mean, when you're moving at 14,000 kilometers per hour, that's that's like a lot of friction. So similar to the Concorde, it has to be aerodynamic. And so anyway, there's a lot of wind resistance. This whole idea, Bill, how this came about was it's two engineers, a space engineer, uh, as well as, uh, I believe, a, a design artist, what happened was they were going to a flight. They were flying on the other side of the planet, and they were late, and they were going to visit their grandparents, and they were late to get there for their 95th birthday. And they said, this is ridiculous. We should be able to get around the world in less time than it takes to fly. Anyway, that's what came up with it. It was a matter of they were late for a birthday party for a grant for their grandparents. And this is how it spawned into this uh, imagine traveling. And we will in less than in our lifetime, we'll be able to travel around the world in less than one hour. Incredible. Incredible. What's going on with Google search? Well, you know, every time you search for things in Google, you always tend to wonder, um, how reliable is this information? We saw that with Facebook where they were posting this might be fake news or this hasn't been proven, this might not be justified. So there's a lot of questions out there when you're sometimes searching. Google is now going to be uh, highlighting the fact that these results are changing quickly. That's what they're calling it, Bill. So you might be searching for something. As an example, uh, another variant of COVID might be coming out. And you may want to search it and go, uh, you know, how, you know, is, is the new COVID virus uh, deadlier. There will be results that come up. Google will obviously give you information that it feels may be relevant to your search, but has it been able to proof it or validate it? Of course, Google is nothing but a computer algorithm. And as such, any new information that gets posted quickly and it's, get, and it's found is now going to still make the search results, but you're going to get a warning. You're going to get a notice that says, it does look like these results are changing quickly. Therefore, it may not be relevant or accurate information. So it's going to give you a little more perspective that you might be reading something Thing that someone posted on a blog or up, updated uh, that may not be relevant yet. So the, that's the good news. You may be looking and Google's trying to now validate and confirm the information they're giving you has been properly uh, resourced. All right. We uh, are trying to get our economy back. People are going to try to get back to work. One of the stories we're hearing about, though, is a labor shortage. Uh, as they create more jobs, there may not be the people to fill those jobs. And, uh, well, you got to figure robotics were going to come into this at some point. Well, we've talked about robots in a lot of the retail sector, but the one that's really, really challenged right now is the agricultural industry, Bill. Um, when we're talking about farming, they still, uh, you know, it, it requires a lot of, of labor, man labor, that, and man, woman labor, for that matter. All labors are needed or, to be able to still work in agriculture. And, you know, uh, again, as a young child growing up, I used to move rocks from a potato field in the summertime out in New Brunswick. Um, and so when you take a look at that, there's not a lot of people that want to be out picking weeds or pulling cucumbers for that matter. So uh, what happens is a company called FarmWise has partnered with none other than Roush. And if you don't know who Roush is, it more or less modifies cars like the Mustang and gives it so much muscle. Um, it, it just gets me all excited just saying that. So, uh, But they're creating massive tanks. These are robotic 
farm tanks, I call it, and they will roam the field automatically, autonomously, using artificial intelligence and with computer arms, they are capable to weed uh, the fields. They'll be able to thin out uh, and be able to plant correctly. They can check with the artificial intelligence, um, the soil, uh, nitrogens, uh, all the all the chemical compounds necessary for proper farming. Um, it will be able to determine the soil quality. Um, it will also be able to replace herbicides. And this is going to save not only on cost of labor, it's going to increase the yield output. And we talk about food and, and our farming needs to improve and we're using so many chemicals and, and otherwise. Um, this is a massive a breakthrough. John Deere is doing it. It's not just these companies. There's many agricultural uh, uh, robotic film of uh, uh, field equipment that's going out, and so they're they're doing it to different crops. So as a farmer, you probably will have it will probably look like a military base pretty soon um, on a farm. But they're going to be robotic, massive robotic uh, autonomous uh, farming equipment that's going to be more or less producing, if not increasing, the quality of the food and more of it for us. All right. Uh, squeeze a couple more in here before we have to take a break. We're always looking for alternative fuels. You know, the, as we, you talked about on the program last week, uh, both governments, the United States and Canadian governments, are saying like, they're going to phase out uh, fossil fuel cars. But electric is not the only alternative. Talk to us about this thing that they're developing in Iceland. Well, part of the thing with electric is is we haven't quite figured out when the batteries die and the lithium ions go down in the cobalt, what happens there? That's another story. So what's happening over in the other side of the sea is that we might be still filling up our gas tanks. Part of the comment is that they're not going to be allowing a uh, fossil fuel combustion. Well, imagine if it was electric still using a combustion engine. Um, this new fuel is called Volcano, and that Volcano, yes, comes from an active volcano. The, 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 the chemical that comes out will harness that, that hydrogen and carbon to create that combustion. Now, what's neat about that, Bill, is that's going to create a massive combustion. So we're all talking about horsepower or, or distance we need to be able to travel and where can electric cars get us. And as we know, they're getting us now up to 500 kilometers uh, total distance. But many cars these days on diesel can get up to 1,000 kilometers or 800 kilometers. So this is going to be a new combustion engine and it's going to be running off yes volcano gases and this could be something harnessed and utilized across the world in combination with electric vehicles all right speaking of electric vehicles what's going on with tesla well as we know tesla is very much known for his autonomous operations but Many people don't realize that, you know, in the early days, IBM had these massive computer systems that were generating all sorts of, well, you know, computer algorithms, if you will. I think it was really just doing general math. Um, but at the end of the day, Tesla has a supercomputer and it has now been ranked the fifth fifth that's number five most powerful computer in the world and what is this computer doing it is training itself it's a quantum computer capable of teaching its cars how to drive better so it's a massive huge uh, warehouse full of uh, drives and lights and and leds and otherwise but this is how tesla's improving self-driving cars they have built the mothership if you will and it is constantly learning from all the driving habits of 
Tesla vehicles is being uploaded to this database to help improve and better uh, perfect the driving of a Tesla. So when you're driving your car, if you see a Tesla, just know that there is a central computer system that is the fifth powerful in the world, and it's literally watching and learning from every Tesla driving on the road today. We got watch news almost every week now, some new development. What's going on with Apple Watches? Well, Apple Watch, I'm going to say, is getting, again, some more amazing upgrades. The EKG capability I've talked about in the past, but these are very similar to items I mentioned could be coming on Tech Talk a few years ago. However, the intrusive poking of our glucose levels, if you are diabetic or otherwise, has now been announced. They're going to be coming out with the upgraded Apple Watches that are really, they've invested heavily, Apple, in health. So what that means is that it's going to include body temperature sensing um, and it will tell you if you have a fever. Uh, we talked about how it could be able to predict COVID and otherwise but it is now coming out with that EKG, that capability that is going to be within the watch itself to keep a very close watch pardon the pun, uh, on your body and keeping aware of the fact that you're going to be able to be uh, healthier with this new uh, smartwatch you got. In addition, Apple's going to be watching uh, or launching a separate version. They've got now versions of this, the SE watch, which is intended to be for those really extreme sports athletes, kind of like you and me, Bill. You know how we go hardcore? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's coming out. You and I will probably by that one um but it is available if you're a hardcore athletic individual that's outdoor enthusiast to compete with garmin and casio so apple is very committed to the smartwatch for health reasons and for health uh, and for active reasons this is tech talk we do this every friday at 11 35 brought to you by vacuum man adam oldfield uh, thanks bud have a great weekend we'll see you next friday thanks bill have a great day take care take care the bill kelly show weekdays from nine to noon on 900 chml